Hello, and welcome to Wave Rod's Corner Table. I'm your host, Wave Rod, and yes, we are back after I don't even know how long. Been a long time, a lot of Decepticon plans to uh, spot and foil, but so today we're going to be discussing an episode of the original G1 cartoon. When I say we, I do mean we, because I have a special guest. Joining me this time is Mara. Mara. Hello. Do you want to tell anybody about yourself? Or, um, Well, I mean, I've, I've been a Transformers fan pretty much all my life. I've been a huge fan of G1. Um, one of my favorite iterations of Transformers. And uh, I still like to go back and randomly rewatch Transformers episodes. And luckily for you, that's exactly what this episode's about. <laughs> All right. So, so as I um, said, so we're watching an episode of the original cartoon. It is, in fact, the episode known as a Decepticon. Yes, it's a big, long title, and I'm blowing it. It's a Decepticon Raider in King Arthur's Court. So... This is from season two. So, of course, you won't see like, you know, Hot Rod or Cup or any, any of the later ones, but you do see that. It's actually a fairly small cast for most of it. I think even right. the framing. Um, so, uh, so let's start off with uh, what did you think? Um, not how I, I don't think I had seen this during its initial run or if I had. It's you know it's just been so long since I actually watched this particular episode, so it was kind of like a first time viewing for me. I I thought it was pretty entertaining. Um, I enjoyed it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, it, I think it's one of the more certainly one of the more enjoyable episodes. Um, that I don't know that it's it's probably one that gets re- that has a particular image in it that gets referenced a lot, namely Rumble covered in. Uh, Um, but uh, I don't know that it's necessarily one that everyone necessarily thinks of oh it's my favorite episode or anything you don't necessarily hear it discussed but then you know it's like you know but you really do but it really is enjoyable it's a little bit doing a little bit different with um, both with time travel because Transformers doesn't tend to do that a lot Um, but then kind of going back into history and playing on a little little bit of fantasy a little bit of uh, sort of Arthurian romance kind of stuff going on. Um, and a little magic. A little magic. Um, a little magic that ends up grounded, that is also grounded in science for a little bit. We have a dragon, um, which otherwise we'd have to wait really for, uh, I think, the movies. I think we get a couple of dragons in some of the later movies, but maybe, well, I guess um, Scourge in, is it Energon, one of the, Part of the Unicron trilogy is like a three-headed dragon, but you don't see a lot of them, I don't think. Um, and of course, the pre- the predic the Predacons were originally the original envision is not only that they'd be Autobots, but the combined form would be a dragon, but that didn't happen. Oh. And yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how that engineering would have worked, if I'm honest. <laughs> Predaking is like one of my wife's favorite Transformers, like uh combiner mm-hmm. yeah. so that's right. interesting <laughs> so what 
we can start with the title. The title, um, of course, is clearly a reference to classic work by Mark Twain. Um, well, people, Connecticut Yankee and King yeah. Arthur Sports. Right. I didn't think about that until now, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't see King Arthur's Court here or anything. We don't see any Connecticut Yankees or really <laughs> Connecticut, but you know. Um, we have a Decept we have Decepticons. We do have Decepticons. Um, it's not really clear if they're rating for like the, the framing device, that kind of that part that takes place in the 80s. Um, I think it's just there's a battle going on and this happens in the middle of it. Um, well, they kind of uh raid for energy yeah we end up uh back in well chronologically at least is anglo-saxon times now a lot of this especially when you start talking about camelot and arthur and all that it it gets mixed up because arthur's if anything romano-british and camelot has a lot of kind of uh, british celtic ties but we have a specific year of 543, which is definitely after the Anglo-Saxons have come. So it's, and you know, like a lot of fiction, it didn't, they didn't make that much of a distinction. And I don't know that it really even matters a lot, but <laughs> I don't think there's anything special about that year. I took a look. I don't know if you know anything for that year or anything or. What year was it again? 543. Oh, okay, I thought it was a little, I thought it was a different, I thought it was like around 900. Or I thought that's what they said, but maybe I misheard it. Yeah, I don't know. 543 is what I caught, at least. But, um, well, I, I don't know if, you know, I'm not a resident scholar of history, or of history, so I don't know if there's anything special about that date or not, but. I took a look, there was nothing particular with England. I think it was like the Senate of, of Constantinople was going on. There are a few random things that are, happening that really don't matter for this episode um so it's not really framed around any particular historical or mm. you know anything um special as far as i could tell yeah just they just kind of peg a time in order to be able to almost just so they can cite you know so they can they can cite the time and kind of establish that they're like that fashion's a year behind camelot right so we know there's a yeah. camelot somewhere but they're not there don't know, right. if do. don't know if that's because it's a silly place or or they don't just don't have any coconuts or what. But um, yes, the TF Wiki page is all Monty Python, the Holy Grail references. For this. Um, so we get a cut. Um, so we, you know, it's kind of our core cast. We've got the Autobots, Warpath, Hoist, and Spike. Um, yep. I'm not sure we even see, I don't think we even see any others in the frame. The kind of core Decepticons are just Starscream, Ramjet, um, Rumble, and Ravage. We see a couple others, but... At, Until the Autobots and Spike show up, I didn't even really know that they had, were like following the Decepticons into the time travel portal. Yeah, that's not horribly close. It looks like they're trying to trap them in, and then it's like, oh, no, wait, we need to get them out. And then, oh, yeah, we're both there now. So, not that it was a big deal, but just something yeah. I, I noticed because, because at first uh, the Decepticons were kind of excited because they didn't have to worry about any Autobots at <laughs> no. first. 
It's going to take over the world in the past. Right. That's Starscream's big plan. Um, doesn't even have to wait for Megatron to fall or even trip Megatron. <laughs> I think it's uh, several centuries. Um, I, think, I think that if I'm remembering correctly, that they were all in stasis or deactivated at this particular time. Yeah. For, yeah, lying in uh, Mount St. New York and Mount St. Hillary for a few million years. Right. So, so they so, should just be doing thing, their own thing for like hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, God only knows what, what that would do with the timeline. Um, right. <laughs> the thing we may end up coming back to. Um, so we end up meeting a couple, um, couple other humans in here we've got you know got basically our stand in the black knight um wigand yeah he's, the, he's there he kind of starts off as something of a stock villain and then kind of halfway through so you know complete about face um he was the one that decided he he didn't really want to deal with the decepticons and yeah he, yeah he'd been he had, yeah yeah, he was he, the Decepticons were working with him, and he's just like, you know, this this isn't good. <laughs> After a while, um, um, and we meet um, Aetheling the Red, um, who's um, the only. Yeah, you know, I mean, Wigan, no real name. Only real name tie I end up with as I look into that is with uh, is that it's basically the same last name at its core as Wiggins. Um, which, of course, there's a very popular um, Wiggins character in pop culture that would come after this. Um, but, you know, namely Chief Ralph Wiggins and the, <laughs> you know, Ralph Wiggins and Chief Wiggins and in, uh, in, uh, The Simpsons. But, you know. Um, maybe a, uh, an ancient ancestor. Maybe. You know. I'm not, I think if we we're wanting to top, bring the Simpsons into um, the G1 continuity, we'd, we'd want to look for more than just that. Though. Yeah. Um, we meet, um, meet uh, Aetheling. Um, and while there are people named Wigand around at different times, even if this guy doesn't match with really any of them, um, Aetheling's not really a name, actually, it turns out. It just means prince. Closest to name is... Um, Edgar the Aetheling, who's about 500 years later than this is taking place, who's actually the, well, Aetheling means prince, who's actually the, um, the last sort of Anglo-Saxon prince. He was even elected king of England in 1066. Now, <laughs> which meant they basically, you know, that he was supposed to succeed Harold, but of course, that's when we got William the Conqueror. You know, and all that stuff. Then uh, we have uh, Nimui, or Nimui, I think is how they were saying it in in um, in the episode. Nimui is another name for the Lady of the Lake. So we have got another Arthurian type. Oh, that's a, yeah, okay. So um, there's no evidence that she is um, distributing swords or, um, you know, even just playing in water. She's just a princess. Um, I, I mean, fully, I guess, kind of a princess, and she's the daughter of a prince, but 
you know, just she's just kind of nobility. She's as Spike as a captain. Um, we actually, and and she is one of, and she's actually one of the few female characters in Transformers um, that's not voiced by um, Susan Blue. Oh. Um, and in a case where we actually have, you know, in a case where there really is just the one, uh, Joy Gridnick um, also plays uh, Jessica Morgan later on. Um, she's uh, the woman, the daughter, the scientist in um, The Return of Optimus Prime. Oh, yeah, right. Um, uh, she had some. She was also Nancy, who's um, from the big broadcast of 2005. Who's the Rekar's spouse? Huh. The female. I've not seen that one. Yeah. Um, it's it, that's an that's an interesting one, and maybe uh, maybe it will be randomly picked for this at some point. Um, with uh, twelve different series, and God only knows how many episodes all told. <laughs> uh, because yes, Rescue Bots, for example, is in there, and it's I think Rescue Bots holds the record for most episodes, believe it or not. Uh, huh interesting um it's uh she um she done some roles in smurfs but i guess now she's mostly just does like a uh radio show she has a radio show i don't not familiar at all with it no clue what kind it is um but you know i am i'm a nut with imdb so i i try yeah. and look all this stuff up too <laughs> yeah um then we meet uh bear seems like the name ought to be related to bears but it just means bright um, he's got an owl. he's a wizard. He's got an owl. Sounds very familiar these days, but keep in mind, this was the '80s. This was before any of that stuff. Um, I don't know. We want to go into too much about um, her stuff, but you know. <laughs> um, so he's you know, so he's kind of seen that. Around. So let's. Uh, so any um, anything you want to know, that you noticed in terms of you know as as the story develops, we discuss. You mean in terms of like, like the plot, that, plot, plot, how it happened, anything that stood out to you or anything? Hmm. Well, it was it was interesting, I guess that uh, you know dealing with lack of energy was a big part of the plot and you know the characters you know having to kind of um, cope with being away from some place where they could you know be revitalized energy wise yeah and that you don't really that that never really was much of an issue like in the in the main series because you know they were in present time and i guess they had access to you know an energy supply and, and here they were you know way back in the past and yeah. they were practically they practically they were all practically non-functional at one point yeah i know season one especially the the you know the the first bit the kind of the pilot miniseries had a lot to do about energy and that's the reason they've come to earth right things like that but at, certainly after after that you kind of see like yeah they have enough energy at least enough energy to go get more energy so you've got a scheme where megatron's gonna take over this or that for the energy right. some way make some cubes you know but they do seem to be at least have it and have it enough to do it and of course all those things that um all those ways that you know 
they get energy. And then the, you hear the Autobots getting it from, well, governments, all that stuff, not going to really be available in you know, the 500s. You don't have any big dams to fight on. <laughs> right. Well, they had all been fighting like right before going through. So, and then yeah. just as it went on, they just, it, they just got depleted and yeah. couldn't transform or couldn't take off or. Yeah. Yeah, at one point, you know, like jet's not flying, and the Starscream promptly starts to try to, and they actually clean right. it. It's like, hey, they just don't have the energy. Um, so, um, one of the things, one of the things I noticed I didn't really call from previous viewings is that the spat that the Transformers end up getting involved in between uh, uh, between Wigand and Athelred is over cows, of all things. Was we're starting, you know, it's like it's just you know, and what struck me with that is the role of cows. And I don't know how much of this um, the author of the episode, Douglas Booth, um, was good into, but the role of cows historically for you know for the cultural ancestors of both the Celts and the Anglo-Saxons, and really all of the Indo-Europeans um, was huge. Very, it was a very common symbol of wealth. Um, you know, word, you know, it's common for words for like wealth or things like that derived from words for cows or cattle. Um, so there's like, so there's this, almost this background that isn't done a lot with and you don't really need to know it to enjoy it. It just, he had some cows, came over, they tore down my fence. I'm keeping them till he apologizes and whatnot. Oh, one other thing I might mention too, that kind of later on, the whole thing with the, the dragon mm -hmm. kind of reminded me a little, gave me some Hobbit vibes. <laughs> uh, yes, the dragon. The dragon was out when they came through. Um, so... Um, yeah, um, you know, apparently the dragon was out visiting relatives, which right? Is not a thing I knew they did. Um, yeah, let's see. Um, it was unique, it's unique. Um, it's, de it's definitely not something you hear about dragons doing, just like I mean, closest I can think of a, of a parallel of that is from grendel where you have grendel and his mother but they're not actually dragons there's a dragon in beowulf you know so there's you know and you get you have a monster with you know well a monster and, and mother so there's relatives there but it's it's yeah it's, it's yeah you just don't usually think of you know big fierce things and you know making social calls <laughs> right yeah um Something that definitely sticks out for me for this is not long before this episode, and yes, this was in syndication in the 80s. You didn't necessarily watch these in order. Um, they weren't necessarily meant for that, but not horribly long um, before this, we are introduced to Carly in this in, in the series. Right, I remember her. <laughs> yeah, and now, of course, when you first meet her, she's kind of more taken with Bumblebee than she is with Spike. Um, it's like, oh yeah, I wanted, I wanted to meet him. Me, no, 
No, him, your car, Bumblebee. Um, but there have, but by this point, we have seen kind of a spike in Carly things start to happen. And now we've got a spike in, in Nimui thing starting to happen and then getting derailed. Um, right, because she ended up, you know, when, when the when the one knight decided to turn on the Decepticons, she like like fell in love with them. Yeah, I think he'd been wanting, he'd maybe somehow been wanting to engage. And it was just kind of like, it was one of those, you know, it was like part of like, you can't marry a man you just met. Presumably she'd <laughs> met him before, but it was but as an enemy. So it's kind of like, is that even better? You know him, but you don't like him. <laughs> um, and all the Disney princesses start fainting. Yes. Um, yeah, th this is a place where Elsa could have been useful, though. Um, right. <laughs> this is like, what are you doing? You can't do that. <laughs> um, yeah. So he, he he made all this effort to he went through all went to all that effort to try and uh, save her and she had already been she basically saved herself. <laughs> She'd saved herself um, and ends up saving him like twice. Um, one, right. Once went once from his own rescue, but then also once kind of the battle joined, um, she ends up saving him from Ravage. I think it is or, or is it Rumble? Um, gave some, uh, I think it was Ravage. I think it was Ravage. I know there was a Ravage scene, but then I'm, I'm, I'm no, actually, I think it was Rumble because the Ravage scene gets saved by Solomon. It's the name of the owl, the owl familiar. I think it was a call, but yeah, there's he's kind of, you know, Spike is constantly being saved. And it's nice, it's always refreshing to see this kind of sub the this subversion of the the male hero, you know, saving the heroine. But doubly so back in the '80s when it when there wasn't as much of a let's try to subvert this, you know. Right, right. You've, anything at that time was far more likely to play that straight, and here it's very much Spike. Spike is not competent in this time. In this time period, he's he can't wear the armor. <laughs> you know, he doesn't know how to wear the armor well. Does not a great jouster. You know, which oh my god, Transformers was woke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not horribly when it comes to gender, um, all in all, but yeah, here's this moment, you know, um, you know, there's, 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 this, there's this moment where it's like, no, we're not going to do the easy thing here. Um, right. It's not going to yeah. be, you know, mm -hmm. him saving her. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and let's be honest, if any, you know, any human gets transported back to this kind of time is going to have a hard time. You know, how many do you, how many people do you think know how to walk around in full armor like that? There's some, but. <laughs> I couldn't do it, probably. Yeah. So. Uh, so, oh, we got another, uh, we got a rumble name pun. Um, Rumble seems to like to do this because there's a few, there have been a couple other times that, you know, in this case, uh, you know, Rumble starts, you know, says he's ready to rumble. I think it is something like that. Um, and so you get some things like that. Ram, uh, Ramja, of course, very proud of his nose, but ends up needing one after the, uh, <laughs> the joust. 
And I will say, even if it is only a model, um, that was a rather impressive castle for the sixth century Britain. Um, don't, don't know that they got things quite that big very often, but. One thing I noticed, one thing I picked up on was uh, the scene of Warpath transforming in front of the, the cave has, was like on the end credits. Mm. Yeah, I think they did a lot of, you know, yeah, it's not right. Yeah, the end credits usually like a montage of, of different bits and stuff. So they put, they right. From, managed from to be earlier to that. Yeah, and they managed to make get that early enough to include in the credits. Um, well, you know, it, it meant we talked about implications for the timeline sort of stuff. Starscream manages to create a working electric generator in right. the sixth century with sixth century materials, including having it powered by humans. Now, realistically, something like that probably would have been more, ended up being more powered by oxen, but it does raise the question, what are the implications of saying, hey, we can create electricity, create the sparks back then, if we'd start, if we'd have, you know, if we didn't have to wait for the 18th and 19th centuries for technology related electricities. Cause that's just kind of left there, you know? Well, they did, well, first off, I mean, only Starscream kind of had the, the know-how to do that. And then it got destroyed. The device got destroyed at the end. So it would have been difficult for them to like redo it. Yeah, true. Yeah. or reverse engineer it or something mm -hmm. but yeah i mean and he she, he also um, developed explosives too yes i will say this gunpowder was known by that time i'm not sure how well it was known in europe but i think the chinese had already invented gunpowder so oh, okay so gunpowder had already come into existence it wasn't really being used the way it would be say 15th 16th century um right I think but yeah um and so presumably wouldn't have been used the way it was used if we saw that, as we saw it. But, you know, yeah, the gunpowder all let go because human beings didn't know how to make gunpowder, even if it wasn't human beings there. Um, but um, electricity is kind of a, the difference, the, a yeah. different story. Yeah, it, kind of, it was kind of a sense of, I mean, the word dates back to the ancient Greeks and is tied with really with static electricity and stuff. There was a sense of that, but in terms of something you could really kind of control, tap into and use, not overly, I don't think. Um, well, you, know, you know, they knew you could rub amber and get kind of a charge and that was most of it, you know? <laughs> um, well, note there, it's very good and consistent use of early modern English, which is not something you always get. The only catch is it's still anachronistic because it's a thousand years too early. It should be talking like Beowulf or even more archaic forms of that, like the original Beowulf more than this. But I don't think anyone would have understood it, including the actors reading the lines. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've not, like, I've not read Beowulf, so I'm not entirely sure what you're referring to, but mm -hmm. probably. <laughs> yeah, well, they would have been speaking in pretty early old English. 
um, would have, you know, so, you know, um, a bit more, you know, it'd be a lot, a bit more like German, not entirely a bit. I mean, it wouldn't sound the same. It really is best understood um, as a foreign language. So, uh, so let's try to wrap up, I think would be best. Well, this was on too long. Um, so, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna ask this question, what did we learn today? Oh, um, well, the one thing I was able to come up with was um, bird poop is the bomb. <laughs> Perhaps literally. Um, yes. <laughs> I learned a couple things. One, dragons go visit their relatives. Right. <laughs> um, and two, that whole thing of Galvatron screaming, that's not just because he got insane after the whole Unicron thing. That's just channeling Megatron from this episode. At the very yeah, he was end. like, yeah, um, <laughs> Starscream was like, aren't you glad that I, I'm here or are glad that I survived? <laughs> Oh, it's just like it's like straight out of straight up, straight up exactly what Galvatron would have said something like that. Um, so, okay. the Autobot or the Autobots and Decepticons, you know, were able to return back home together. Yeah, and it wasn't like the Autobots had to drag them back or anything. No, I think they both they both decided they were yeah we're done with this. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Let's go the, home. the Decepticons were not given a choice, I don't think. So, okay. Um, well, Mara, thank you for joining me here at my table. Um, I will pick up the tab for whatever you had to drink. Um, so next episode, and I don't know who might be joining me for this, but we'll see who's doing things. I've already done the random calculations. The next episode is an episode of Cyberverse. Um, it's, episode, uh, it's the 38th episode overall from that. It's the second episode from season three of Cyberverse. Battle for Cybertron 2, which seems to be a part of a multi-part. So we'll see how that works with this new formatting. How is that, the Cyberverse show, out of curiosity? Was, as I recall, it was all right. Um, it was better than some, not as good as others. Kind of very, very middle of the road to me. Um, so. So the only other series other than G1 that I've really watched any of is Prime. Prime is excellent. So, so at least well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me. And anytime. I, all right. I'll see you the next time. Take care. You too.